says, get that India, big boy. Good evening, ladies and gents. I'm John. This is Craig. We're from the tip sheet, the Cumberland Fro. Joining us tonight to break down all of the action from the Parramatta Eels win, former great Neville Glover. How's everyone doing tonight? And, and how about a, another round of applause for the legend that is Neville Glover? You know, any sort of win, any sort of Parramatta win is a great win. So we're here to enjoy ourselves and to celebrate. We're going to have a bit of a chat to Neville. We're going to talk and break down the game. So uh, we're so happy you've joined us here tonight and enjoying the Parramatta win. And uh, we're going to get on with the program now. So Neville, welcome to the tip sheet. Thank you very much. Mate, you've... Um, You've played test matches for Australia, you've played for City and you've played for New South Wales and all through your junior career you were selected in junior representative teams. We've just had the State of Origin match. As a former representative player, can you share with us the feeling that you get when you're selected in higher honour representative teams? Well, let me say this to you, that... Um it is a happy situation um, because obviously you work very, very hard to get to that situation. Um, that's about all I could say. Is well, we see players these days, they tear up when they're making their first grade debut. They become all emotional, selected for origin. How did it affect you? Did you tear up or did you just take it in your stride like, here I go, next step in the, on the ladder? No, I was just very, very surprised. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, that, that can't be right. <laughs> um, and then, lo and behold, they get there and they... Well, I'll tell you what happened. Um, I was chosen to get there and play for Australia. Yep. And, um, was that against New Zealand? New Zealand. Yep. And uh, my wife... I was coaching the under-15 at Toongabby. Uh, and uh, my wife started running up the road and she was yelling out and I thought, oh, there's something wrong. So I stopped everything. She ran up and she said, Neville, Neville. I've gone, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she says, you've got to be at Newtown uh, at six o'clock tonight. And I've gone, why have I got to be there at six o'clock tonight? She said, you've just been picked to get there and play for Australia. <laughs> and you've got to do a medical. And I've gone, what? <laughs> and then next thing you know, the under-15s, the Toongabby under-15s, they were just going off the beam. I mean, doing on the floor and everything. They just said they just couldn't believe it. So they were more excited than you were, maybe? Uh, no, no way. <laughs> but then uh, Neil Cadigan, you know Neil Cadigan? Yeah, yeah. Neil's a very, very good friend of mine. He... Um, I used to play in his front yard when he was six year old. Um, and uh, he got there and actually gave me, turned up and said, Nev, he said, uh, well done. And I said, well, thanks very much, Neil. Uh, um, he said, uh, we'll get there and have a bit of a talk after you get there and have your, your medication. So anyway, um, and that was good. 
So continuing with State of Origin, this one is a bit topical for Parramatta fans given the furor over the non-selection of Reagan Campbell-Gillard. But back in your oh, day... Now, now, hang on, I've got to stop you there. Who thinks it's ridiculous that RCG couldn't get a run in the Origin team? Especially game two, like game three, that was ridiculous. There you go, Pete. In a oh, hang on, there. was that Queenslander there? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Look, we've got we've got a rowdy mob in over here from Queensland, headed by headed by Kathy and Karen, and they're down here and they they've 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 got the right colours on tonight at the very yeah, least. Have a look at their colours tonight. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. They're enjoying themselves. They they brought down a nice message from us for us from one of our fans, our good friend Troy from up in Queensland. So, um, yeah, so, yes, they are Queensland supporters, but they're Parramatta supporters tonight. Go. So how about we give them a welcome? How about we give them a welcome? <laughs> welcome, <laughs> only welcome. So Reg, Reg was overlooked. It sparked a lot of discussion about the entire selection process. Back in your days, was it the coach or a selection panel that handled the team? I'm not 100% sure, but when you talk about that, are you talking about when I was playing grade? When, when you are playing grade and then into your senior representative football? Yeah. Well, the situation was then that um, exactly, almost exactly the same as today because the coaches do have people helping him. Um, and it's just not him. It's maybe three or four or five to get there and say who, what, where and when and what you need to do to do this so nowadays the coach has the ultimate say what do you think is the best process a selection panel that are making those decisions just based on form in the competition or the coach who's picking the players that he wants the first one because with um, with a, a number of people right you get stories or you get the situations for different people um, they might get there and say well hang five for a minute, just like me at the moment um, why do wingers always run in? All the time they run in and they shouldn't be doing that someone should be telling them don't do that, stand outside them so they don't have to do that and that's, that's it. And as a fan of rugby league representative football is the pinnacle and as, it's really interesting looking from the outside in how much a role do coaches play when you have all these superstars and the best of the best coming into camp to play representative football do the coaches guide everything or do the players drive a lot of the stuff well it'd be the coaches but let me tell you what did you call them sorry what did you call those people the, the superstars the, the best of the best the superstars they run 100 meters and they're superstars they run five metres. They, oh, they're superstars. Like, that's just absolutely crap. Oh, strong, strong words there for the, the modern generation. What about in your time, though? What, what was the camp like as a player? All right, so uh, the coach was virtually the person that got there and told, told us what to do. And I can remember when I um, was playing for Australia that uh, we had a bit of a training... And um, the other winger and I actually got there and got there and on the 100 
metre sign and then challenged any, any of the team to get there and beat us on the, on the 12, on the, on the 100 metre. Um, the only person that did it, right, was the winger. Yeah. And oh, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> so, just turning to the Origin game, how did Queensland beat New South Wales? Well, the bottom that they've done that a number of times in actual fact over the years up in Brisbane, um, and it's and they did have a couple of their um, really good players out. Um, what the situation was is that um, obviously that uh, they tried their best, and their best was better than New South Wales. And and you know what. If it comes down to that, because it was a cracking game, it was a cracking game of football. It certainly was, and I think it was one of the one of the most enthralling Origin games that I've seen in a long while. And I suppose if one team's better than the other, that's what you want to be able to say at the end of the game that the better team won. Well, that's true, but uh, and let me say this also: the girls' situation, New South Wales, Queensland, that game was absolutely. Unbelievable, because that took me back to, to, I don't know, 1964, because they just kept on going, kept on going, kept on going, and nothing, you know, like saying, oh, don't do that, don't do that. They were very, very good. That's a great shout. It was a bit of a throwback, the game that we saw in the, the men's there, where big softening period, really tough, some big hits, really physical football. One controversial moment, though, the Matt Burton-Dane Gargai incident. Uh, Dane Gargai wore most of the wrath of the officials, but Burton sort of sparked it by running into Kaylon Ponga, and then they simultaneously threw punches. Given your background as a police prosecutor, how did you see that one play out? Should Burton have been punished more? He shouldn't have been punished. There you go. Because the situation is he's protecting himself. So what's he supposed to do? Is he supposed to stand there and just say, OK, then hit me, hit me, hit me? That's not the case. So you can get there, and if you get hit, you can hit the other person as well. I think that's fair. Uh, just um, watching the game, like you had a player from each team sent from the field from, uh, to the sin bin, but I actually thought that the, if they were going to send someone off, it should have been Tino because he was third man in. And if you, if you adhere to the old fire and brimstone ways of playing origin... You let the two blokes, you know, fight it out. But the third bloke that comes in, he goes to the bin. You leave the other two blokes on there. I know that's not going to happen these days with the punching rule, but that's how I would have played it. But really, when you think about it, right, the two Queensland ones should have been sent off. That's the way I see it anyway. Because he was only protecting himself. That was it. Yeah. Don't you hear? They were throwing punches at him. What's he going to do? Get there and say, ah, ha, ha, come on, come and hit me. Yeah. 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 It's That's a, not going to happen. That wouldn't have happened back in our day. There would have been people going, whack, whack, whack. Thanks very much for coming. Now, just before we get on to, to some questions about tonight and around tonight, last Friday night, I was at Toongabby Sports Club to watch Eric Groth and the Gurus play play uh, a couple of sets 
at that uh, at that establishment, and I had a chat with Eric, and I said to him, "There's always a great story that Neville tells me about you and him. Has he got any stories specifically about you?" And he said, "I've got a lot." <laughs> and then he says, "Let me just tell you one." So when the uh, club here had the Macquarie Lounge downstairs, and they used to have a band and music. And the players used to train on a Tuesday and a Thursday night. And you'd get an influx of people that would come in to the Macquarie Lounge, on, especially on a Thursday night, yep. looking to meet the players. <laughs> and he said, you used to have a little trick where you'd go out to reception and you'd page yourself, paging Neville Glover. And then you'd do a little bit of a strut across in front of the dance floor as you were heading out to the the reception is that true kind of sort of pretty close <laughs> but let me say this to you no one here would be that would dance as much as i dance <laughs> i dance all the time and after i get there and fix this or turn turn to this i'll get there and i'll dance over there and we'll just see what the situation is but anyway yes that's true Yes, I did get there and do that, but it wasn't all the time just to get there and say, here I am, Neville Glover, right? The bottom line is, is that there may have been other people that I, I couldn't find, and the bottom line is, is that it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got to know, did you have a signature dance move? Well, I still have. <laughs> there you go, if someone wants to see it. Oh, just hang five a minute. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, here we go, not bad. He's still got the moves 100%. Well... I tell you what, he's got me covered. He's got me covered 100%, Neville. You still have the moves without a doubt. Very, very smooth. Uh, I'm a bit disappointed you weren't doing a running commentary for the podcast on that I one. I couldn't have done it on, uh, justice, honestly. So for those that are listening from home, Neville Glover 100% still has the smooth moves on the dance floor. Mate, I, I can see why you were difficult for opposition players mm -hmm. to tackle now. <laughs> So many steps there. <laughs> so before we talk about the Parramatta Real win tonight, just a couple more questions. This one might be a little bit tricky because there were no New Zealand Warriors when you played, but there were Kiwis in the competition. Who was the best New Zealand player you played with or against? Well, it certainly wasn't the winger that I... Um, <laughs> posted up against posted you in, up the, against, in the international, um, no. It was the second test and it was two and a half minutes inside that. And there was a scrum, and it went from Fulton to Rogers to Michael Cronin to Neville Glover. So straight away, 60 metres away, the bloke come towards me. I said, Palm, I palmed him off and just went bang. Good See night. you later. Yep. So I ran 60 metres and scored. Two and a half minutes into the second. That's a pretty fair back line. Yeah, you just, can you run through those players again that the ball went through before it got to you? It was um, Fulton. Yeah. 
Rogers. Yeah. Michael. Yes. And me. Pretty fair backline. Pretty, pretty fair. I mean, just, you know, a bit of rugby league royalty in action right there. Well, I, I think actually our, our backline was the best. Sterling. Yeah. Brett. Zip Zip. Michael Cranon. Guru. Guru. Yes. <laughs> and myself. And the fullback, there was a couple of those. Yeah. But that, at one stage, that was virtually the back line for New South Wales. Yes. Yep. Well, we had um, I think Gary Dowling there for one year. Um, we had um, uh, Steve McKenzie in the grand final. Uh, we had Neil Hunt playing fullback as well. Yep. And then Paul Taylor. As well, so yeah, pretty fair fullbacks. Now, tonight's game. What's your thoughts on tonight's game? It was a pretty good game. Game. It um, it was up and down, up and down in actual fact. But Parramatta looked pretty good in actual fact. Um, not too sure in regards to New Zealand. Um, a couple of their players are huge. Yeah. The one with the yellow boots on. Did you see her? Like, you're pretty big as yeah. it is. Uh, he's got Craig covered pretty easily, though. <laughs> but let me tell you, he's higher than you and bigger than you. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah they've got, got some pretty big humans in their team. Yeah, yeah. Tohu Harris. Yeah. But they, they tried their hardest, no doubt. I'm talking about New Zealand. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Eels were just too good for them. I thought it was one of their best performances for a while, the Warriors. I know they won their last match, but they had a bit more composure than they had in a lot of their games this year. Yeah, well, the bottom line is you're probably right. Um, and also with Parramatta, that's a little bit better than what some of the games they yeah. have beforehand. Yes. yes, and again, that word composure. There's a lot more composure tonight. Yeah. True. Mike Acevo scored a nice try in the second half. That would have been one that warmed your heartstrings. Big backline movement off a kick return, playing the numbers, heads up football. And then the big man, I think you've got him covered for speed, but he had enough to get clear and score in the corner. Well, he, um, in actual fact, I've had a little bit of a talk to him. Um, not today, but... And um, he, the way he ran was very, very good, especially the size of him. Yeah. And, and he just kept on going and going and going. He'd done the right thing. I would have gone in a little bit at the end because you wouldn't want him to be knocked over. Yeah, yeah. Out. I suppose he, had the, he has a size advantage there in order to stay in Exactly touch. right. He's a big boy. <laughs> he is a big unit. He is, for sure. So looking ahead, the Eels' next match is against the Broncos on Thursday night. They've been in really good form this year. It's a real turnaround since last year. What do you think the Eels need to do to ensure victory over the Broncos next week? Well, go forward and belt the shit out of them. <laughs> That's it. I mean, that, that you, you say succinctly, that is the blueprint for the Parramatta Eels, Junior Valor, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Isaiah Papali'i, that terrific forward pack, win the middle, and then you can do what you want on the edges. Well, the bottom line is, is that that scrum area... Right, a very, very good footballers yep. in there. So, get out there, 
go harder than what you ever have before, right? And that's what they should be doing every week, uh-huh. right? Um, I know it's so hard, but... And then hopefully wipe out Broncos. Neville, it's been a pleasure as always having you here tonight. Um, you happy to stick around if people want to have a photo or sign anything? Not a problem at all. Okay, so... Anyone, if you'd like to have a photo with Neville Glover, if you'd like him to sign anything, he's happy to, to uh, uh, have those photos taken with you. But for now, how about a round of applause for Neville Glover? I'll just uh, say, if you need any legal help, don't come and see me. <laughs> I was a prosecutor for 29 years and I am now retired. That's it. For capital R. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Neville. You, Neville. Always a pleasure, mate. Alrighty, 60s, let's run through the game. Just quickly give ladies and gents a quick wrap down of what happened if the Parramatta Eels winning in round 18. 28-18, Parramatta over the New Zealand Warriors. For the Warriors, Marcelo Montoya, Edward Cozzi, Jack Murchie. They're the try scorers, free from free for Sean Johnson. On the other side, Wunga Blake opened up with a double. Good to see the Eels score first points, by the way. Followed up by Isaiah Papali'i, Clinton Gufferson and Mike Acevo. Mitchell Moses, four from five off the tee. Uh, possession close between two teams, 49% for the Blue and Gold, 51% for the Warriors. Time possession slightly ahead for the Kiwis. But importantly, Eels up over 80% completion rates at 82. What were your initial takes on that swim, mate? Well, I thought that those stats revealed the composure that we played with tonight. You know I've been banging on about Parramatta needing to score first. We've had far too many games where the opposition's got the jump. Uh, it was something like 12 of our 12 games... 12 of 16, I think it is. Yeah, 12 of 16, where the opposition scored first. So tonight it was good to see that change. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, happy with the composure... Uh, completion rates were quite good. I thought everything was quite, you know, exactly what it should be, probably till that last 10 minutes. Yeah, and it probably takes a bit of a luster off the game because defensively they were so good up until that final 10-minute window where the Warriors scored a quick-fire double to narrow the margin to 12 points. But we've been talking about getting consistency back into our game, stringing together consecutive wins. Parramatta do go back-to-back when you factor in that game against the West Tigers last week, it is a platform to build on heading into that game against Brisbane. Well, we've got, we've got two home games in the next two weeks. Coming into it on the, on the platform of two wins and probably not, still not playing our best football, last week was an ugly win. We have to say it was an ugly win, but we'll take ugly wins. Ugly wins are worth the same amount of points as, you know, playing your best football and winning. I think tonight was actually a step up on last week and we need the following two weeks to keep increasing. Uh, let's go for an incremental increase. We need to be that bit better against Brisbane and then against the Panthers, we have to be a whole lot better. We talked about winning the middle 60s, the entire starting pack two of the bench forwards all going into triple figures. The only player not to was Kai Rodwell, who had a small capacity in his playing time. That's got to be happy for the, or good for the coaching staff to look at on review. We keep talking about winning the middle and getting, and, and just doing those basics right. Going north-south, kicking into corners, completing sets, 
working from there. If you don't do those basics, you're on the path to losing a match. Forward's got some great run metres up there. Reg was an absolute machine. 12 carries, 163 metres. We've had a line break, so he's just pumping out the post-contact stuff there. Likewise, Junior backing up from State of Origin 3. He went uh, 12 carries for... Sorry, 13 carries, 140 metres. So well over the 10 metre per carry mark. They set the tone. I don't know about anyone else, but I just thought there was no way Junior was going to play tonight. (laughs) No, there was a very... We mentioned it, but a torrid game up in Brisbane... He actually got nicked up during that play and he managed to back up without... It was no doubt. He came out and said, there's no way I'm missing this game. And like I said, he set the tone alongside Reg and was the reason or a big part of the reason why the Eels had such a good start. Okay, now we were the winners tonight. Am I allowed to talk about the match officials? <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I buy a penalty? Can I buy a six again, 60s? <laughs> Is this Wheel of Fortune for the NRL? In our preview podcast... I gave a lot of praise to Todd Smith. I think Todd Smith is one of the best up-and-coming referees in the game. Had a high opinion of him. And I had text messages sent to me after the game saying he'd graduated as an NRL referee tonight. And they weren't being complimentary in those (laughs) messages. Um, Look, for mine, he's still learning the game as as a NRL referee. I just thought he lost the feel of um, the game being slowed up. Like, the game was being slowed up by the Warriors, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I just thought he missed the mark with either six agains or penalty calls in, in Parramatta's halves. And good yeah. luck to the Warriors because they were able to push that boundary. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's part of the modern game and they've certainly had a good outing for it. I think that mostly wraps up what we need to talk about tonight, 60s. But before we go away, we always do our best on field. Plenty of forwards worthy tonight. A couple of outside backs have big games too. I'm looking at Mike Acevo. He was outstanding. Look, my three points is actually going to go to Isaiah Papali'i. Mm-hmm. Ice been on fire. Some uh, interesting news developing. We saw the headlines this week. I'm sure there's plenty of smoke there for the Parramatta Reels. Is there anyone here tonight who'd like to see Isaiah Papali'i stay with the club rather than going to the West Tigers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's just watch this space and see if it happens. Get cooking on that stovetop, 60s. So, yeah, Ice gets my three points. Who gets your three? I'm going to go to the other edge because I thought both those back rows are outstanding. Sean Lane put his hand up big time, and while he's had some tries this in recent weeks, I thought the hard work through the middle was huge for him. He gets my two, mate. There we go. So you've gone Ice free. I'll give Ice my one point. For the two, I'll go to the outside backs and Mike Acevo, who I thought had some big moments in this game in terms of kick returns and also scoring that try. I have to go to one of the game managers and go to Mitch Moses for my one Solid point. pick. Solid pick. And uh, honourable mention to Reed Money, a couple of big try assists in this game too. I thought there was better, better control of the ruck there from him. It was... Reed's had a bit of a mixed season, but tonight I think... He came out very much on the positive side of the ledger. Yeah, got Wonga over and then got, uh, was it, trying to think who was the second player he got over. It's uh, evading me right now. But he had two tries on the night, which was a very good bag for him. So for Eels supporters this weekend, tomorrow we've got the Jersey Flag team playing up at Kellyville. Mm -hmm. 1.15 kickoff, so if anyone's 
up in the Hills District tomorrow. Make sure you get along to that. If you don't, I'll be doing my updates on the Cumberland Throw, so you can log on to the Cumberland Throw and get the score updates with a little bit of a match description, as best as I can do on my phone. And likewise, Sunday, heading out to Henson Park, where the Eels take on the Newtown Jets. Big game. Jets sit in second place on the ladder. Got the better of the Eels earlier in the season when they met. There's a lot of implications for the top four on the line for the Bloom Gold. So it's a full weekend on the Cumberland Throw. Uh, by the time you get home, you'll probably find that the uh, post-game grades will be up. Goals ever popular post. So he'll be grading his. Uh, he'll be grading the players tonight. That's always good for a bit of a laugh mm-hmm. at uh, some of his takes from the match. Uh, and apart from that, thank you all for turning up and uh, joining us here at the home of the Eels and up here in Jack's Bar and Grill. Thank you for coming tonight. Good night, everyone. Go the Eels. Go you mighty Eels. (laughs) 